My name is Sharad Agarwal. I'm the Chief Metaverse Officer of CyberGear. It's a Web3 digital agency. I'm based in Dubai. I'm also the founder of OnlyWebinars.com. This is the platform on which we keep bringing you webinars every couple of weeks. And so we are back today to discuss all about Web3 events. Let's go around the room and let's start with Caroline. Your introduction, please. Hi, everybody. Nice to meet you. So my name is Caroline Genova. Uh, I actually uh, am very passionate about Tech for Good initiatives and that free space and essentially blockchain strategy. Um, my journey started uh, originally with marketing and branding background, which actually led me to sort of explore how technology could be used in these areas in a more innovative way. And I ended up in web free space about three years ago. Uh, one year ago, I started my own company, which is called Guy. Is essentially a platform that is designed to help even organizers to leverage up free tools and technology uh, during their events. Uh, and I also co-founded Women Web Free Travels Community, which is a membership community that empowers women to achieve more together in the web free space and feel really comfortable in the male-dominated sector. So this is sort of uh, what I do on a daily day basis. But besides that, I'm also very passionate about events. I love to attend events globally, whether that's in a web free space or a tech space. And I think this is why I'm also on this panel today, just to share my experience um, from different uh, aspects of not just organizing events, but also how can web free be leveraged during these events on a more technical basis. And yeah, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Caroline. Uh, we have lots to talk uh, about today. So let's do the introductions. I'll move on to Patrick, please. Okay, so first of all, thank you for inviting me, Sarat. It's uh, it's really nice to be with all of you in here, uh, with a few colleagues from the from the industry. So well, um, I uh, I am currently leading the the marketing at NFT Show Europe, which is a B two B event we held annually in Valencia in Spain. And yeah, before that, I. Um, I, I was running a, a digital agency as well, focused on mostly on designing strategies for uh, marketing strategies for B2B events. And, uh, and yeah, so we've been, uh, I've been in this industry for eight years now, mostly focusing on, um, I've been uh, working in the robotics industry, also a little bit of artificial intelligence and uh, yeah, always related to, to technology. And now for two years, we've been building the um, NFT Sharir, which is kind of a success. So yeah, I'm really glad to be here and, and to talk about it with all of you. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to Patrick because I attended the NFT Show Europe uh, last year in Valencia. And one of the uh, you know better events, considering there are so many being held on a weekly basis. I thoroughly enjoyed mm -hmm. my uh, stay in Valencia. And thank you, Patrick, for that. Uh, let's bounce to Edmund, please, for your introduction. Hey, everyone. Um, again, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here today. Patrick, I was actually in Valencia last week, so it's a shame um, we didn't get to catch up before this chat, but uh, next time. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm Edmund. I'm from the UK originally. I'm, I'm based in Amsterdam. Uh, I have a marketing background. I've worked for around 10 years in uh, in, in marketing, working for brands uh, with uh, uh, yeah, the intention of helping them out with strategy. Um, uh, that's kind of evolved into the work I do today with Gen3, which is a consultancy that I have that helps brands leverage 
emerging technologies and really help them understand it and how to uh, uh, to really use it in a way that uh, yeah builds customer uh, customer value and engagement. And besides that, I also uh, co-founded Metams, which is a um, emerging tech festival that took place here for the first time in Amsterdam last year. Uh, we had about just around 2,000 attendees last year in our first year and covered obviously a lot of interesting topics like Web3, uh, the metaverse, uh, and uh, uh, yeah, looking forward to planning uh, this year's event again, which is taking place in November. Um, same, uh, same location, a bit more space this time, which is exciting and um, yeah, bringing in even the, the you know the, the the short year that's happened in between, bringing in the new topics as well, such as AI uh, and creativity into the mix as well. So yeah, looking forward to uh, to seeing what this year has to bring as well. Yeah, thanks, Edmund. Uh, before I bounce to Melanie, a uh, little backstory. Um, I met Melanie for the first time in Dubai some eighteen months back, I think, and uh, she was the first person I met in my life in the Web three space. And in the first 30 minutes, she convinced me that I should pivot to Web3. So Melanie, I haven't told you this, but I owe you a big one for that. And that was a game changer because after meeting you, I came back to my office and told my Web2 staff, hey guys, you need to reinvent, relearn, reimagine, and reinvent yourselves. So here we are today. And also I must say that the biggest Web3 event that I have attended in my life thus far has been the one hosted by Melanie in Dubai uh, called the Superverse. It was huge. It was at the Dubai Festival Arena. And I will let Melanie introduce herself and then we'll talk about all the events uh, that you guys host. So Melanie, your introduction, please. Well, I'm now really, <laughs> this is really emotional because honestly, uh, I am, so astonished what you have built in this short period of time what kind of great community you have now brought together and uh thanks so much um for yeah just <laughs> telling me this here right now and um it really makes me uh, very proud in a way that i somehow managed to uh, convince you and uh, you can be so proud of yourself that you have achieved this in, in this short amount of time. It's really incredible. So um, coming to my background, I'm coming out of 20 years media marketing and mobile tech and six years now in Web3. And I'm also a founder of a protocol layer called Word of Mouth Protocol, One Protocol. And uh, we have built, meanwhile, various platforms in the Web3 space. And one platform is a platform for lifestyle creators. So not crypto, not web three savvy creators. And in this journey of how can we bring this product also to adoption, I went through many ups and downs. I also had to learn that another platform that is similar to this platform in the web three space was faster taking off. And um, we decided to start with influencer houses, with creator houses in LA uh, where we brought all these creators together. They were living there, they were creating content, they were using our platform. And we also did Web3 and blockchain and crypto education in these houses for these creators. And these events were slowly developing over time uh, from 10 creators to 12, to 15, to 20, to 50, to 200, to 2000. 
And so that was without me having this um, idea of also creating events, I was kind of then slowly uh, leveling up and getting into this space. And then here in Dubai, when I saw this great community rising here in the UAE, I thought I also want to contribute to this community here and to take my experience out of these creator houses, out of this crypto and creator economy events and bring it here to the UAE. And that was actually Superverse. We decided to do an event that is more dedicated to, well, immersive experiences in the Web3 space, yeah, rather than B2B. A lot of the blockchain and Web3 events are a little bit more B2B focused. That's the nature of this early stage. A lot of the companies are seeking uh, investors, but we decided to dedicate this already to a little bit more established players that have already a product, already something to show. And now the biggest question, how can we bring it to adoption? And that's, I think, the exciting part of Web3 events and real life events. This is the way we can go. At least we can play a part in it to bring our and this space and the products to adoption. Yeah, thanks, Melanie, for those insights. Um, let me just give a very quick shout out to familiar names in the audience. Uh, we have a lot of meta shapers, uh, supporters. There is Annalisa, Maria, Stephanie, and so many more. I'm not going to name all. And also to the community from Global Village. I really appreciate you guys uh, for supporting us uh, in our journey. And to all the others who've come in, uh, we, without uh, the audience, uh, you know, there is no fun. So thank you for being here. Okay, let's uh, start with Patrick. Patrick, uh, just give our audience a sense of, you know, uh, the timeline. So let's say, uh, when is your next event, by the way, Patrick? 14th and 15th of July. 14th and 15th of July. Yeah, so here we go. So tell us, uh, when do you start your planning activities for this event? Is it three months, six months, nine months, one year? What is the mm -hmm. team size that works on this? What are the various things you have to look at in terms of sponsorships, ticketing, ROI, et cetera? Just walk us through with whatever you can share in the public domain, Patrick. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay, so... Um... Well, we uh, we actually work on uh, on several events during the whole year, so um, we're planning uh, every single event for for since uh, like we can say for twelve months, because we're doing uh, quite a few of them at the same time. But so the the first uh, usually the first steps we uh, we decide if we if this is a first edition, this is a totally different thing. I mean, the web three happens a lot. We have a lot of new events, so that is a way. Um, uh, different to work on, on new events than on on past editions. So that would be the first thing. So let's say we have a new event coming up, a new idea. We're coming up with it, and we have to set it up. So the first thing is, of course, market analysis and uh, and uh, and responding to to some kind of need. Right? We're not making events only because it's nice and it's uh, and uh, it's our business and stuff, but we usually we, we respond to, to the needs of the market. So in this case, uh, there's a lot of uh, NFT, NFT events, but in the case, let's talk about the case of an NFT Show Europe. In this case, we, uh, we found out that there is a, a need for, for a 
business focused meeting on on this industry so that that was the the first thing so we we could pick up the phone we we make the calls we asked uh, our experts uh, what they think what what would they like to talk about on the what would be the themes and once we got a lot of feedback then we set up the main themes of the event the audience and stuff like that so once that is done once we have the idea okay who will come what we will offer and how uh, how do we imagine this then we start working of course on on the design the strategies on the pricing on the venues so it's uh, that is like the pro- production part of it and then in, then the fun starts so we start um, we open the the call for speakers and call for sponsors and and usually since we're we've been in this for for quite a few years now uh, then then is when the people uh, come to us, actually. So, uh, yeah, we start analyzing, choosing the theme, uh, not the themes, but the speakers this time. And, uh, and of course, as you, as you know, because the other of you are also organizing events, then it happens like everything at the same time. So we are uh, in sponsors campaign, we are choosing the ticketing platform, in Web3, there's so many providers as well. Every single week we're receiving like, Hundreds of uh, of propositions on what technology should we use for I don't for the ticketing for the streaming for uh, the decoration of the event and uh, and yeah so that's a that's a something that isn't uh, well you can plan from from A to Z on how to how to do it but there's so many things coming up and depending on the companies that are participating there's so many things that that come up and happening that it's in I've never seen an event in my eight years that go that follows the plan. It's it's always uh, it's it's transforming all the time. So that will be about the, the timeline in terms of team of team size. We are like um, eight people more or less working uh, every day on uh, on our events, but we have a very large network of collaborators. So we we couldn't do this with the, with only eight people. There's like more than fifty people involved in the organization of the event, from the part of the production, the logistics, uh, the the venue, the even the production guys from the when you're streaming the conferences. There's really a lot of people involved in it. I would say about fifty in in our case. And then you asked about ticketing and ROI. So that I would sum this up in uh, in terms of uh, of what are the goals of the event. Usually we set up a few goals like uh, what. There's one very important question we do to our speakers and our sponsors: like, what are your uh, your expectations? What how will you measure your ROI? And we actually work on it uh, on a custom way for every single sponsor and and speaker and participant or VIP or investor. So we uh, we take a very personal approach, and that is something new in Web three actually. Because usually, when uh, when people participate in in traditional events, they get like uh, like a booth, like your logo here and there, and you just show up your product. For example, if you're in robotics, for example, you show up your robot, and people come, they look at it. But in Web three, we're working with digital uh, products most of the time, so you have nothing to show. So you have to. Um, yeah, we come up with the with ideas on how to make it as interesting as as engaging as possible in terms of uh, of um, the return on investment. How do they measure it? So some people want business meetings, some just want as many video content as possible. So there's really 
this is a really custom approach, uh, custom approach to to every single one of these stakeholders, more or less. Hmm. Yeah, thanks, uh, Patrick. Uh, great insights. I mean, we get a sense of uh, what goes into planning an event uh, in the Web3 space. Uh, same question to you, Edmund. How is it uh, different for you compared to Patrick? Um, well, there's definitely a lot of similarities. Let's start there. Uh, you know, uh, I had to laugh when you said the plan always changes, especially, you know, uh, the, the closer you get to the, the event itself, things, yeah, just, just, it's just the nature of the game. Um, so being flexible is, uh, is definitely one of the superpowers you need to have to pull it off. But, um, uh, yeah, there's also definitely some, some differences as well. And for us, it's, it's also different in that we're, we're only organizing our event for the second time this year. So the, the first time around when we organized it, we actually, um, gave ourselves the, the, uh, ridiculous challenge of pulling it off in, in five months from idea to, to production. Um, and I don't think that was our intention. I think it just kind of, again, there wasn't really a plan and it kind of just, it, it just happened that way. Um, in year one, we just saw the need, especially in the, the European market or maybe even just the Dutch market specifically for an event that covered topics like emerging tech, uh, like the metaverse, like Web3. There wasn't really anything happening at scale um, and at least not in the way that we envisaged that as well. So the opportunity was there and we had to act quite fast to be able to seize that opportunity. Um, and from there on in, it was really, yeah, pulling again, uh, all those factors in from speakers to sponsors to, uh, to production, to location all, all together at once and making it kind of align and sync up. And then also from your theme or your value proposition, as it were, trying to work out how does that translate into value for your for your audience as well as your sponsors and your and your speakers right so for us it was uh it was about taking a bit of a different approach with regards to you know let's say user experience you know how can we build a user experience at a conference that feels intuitive feels fun as well because at the end of the day conference attendees are humans and humans like to have fun at these things and building an environment which facilitates that as well we really focused a lot of time and attention on making sure that the production was it felt like that, that immersive, that very imposing and and, and kind of uh, metaverse Web3 uh, uh, kind of feeling we brought that to life. So a lot of time was spent on that as well. So year one was really bringing in all those elements and trying to get it done as soon as possible. And in many ways also uh, not thinking too long about things. Um, and year two has been really different drastically because we also have a lot more time. So um, we have uh, we've uh, um, just a bit more than a year to uh, basically organize this one. And I think a lot of the time spent up front is on strategizing about, okay, what's changed this year? How has the industry evolved? What are the new themes that are coming up that, you know, don't leave your old audience or attendees behind, but also bring in a new crowd and a new fresh kind of feeling in as well. So yeah, really thinking more strategically in that terms. Um, and really the production stuff only really happens in the last few months before the event as well. So yeah, really spending a lot of time now on working out who that audience is, working out what the value for them is and working out um, really how we can uh, bring that to life now and that we have a bit more time than we did in year one. So um, yeah, sure. exciting. And uh, I'm just curious to know, Edmund, in, in year one, how many speakers did you have? How many were local? How many were international? And what was the audience size? So the audience size was, uh, it was around, I think it, it just tipped under 2,000 people. Um, I think when we first spoke about doing the event, we were talking about a 200 person event. So you can you can see the mismatch there in, in kind of uh, what we thought was going to happen and what it, where it ended up. 
Um, but uh, the speaker lineup, we had around 80 speakers and it was a really, really, it was a great mix. Actually, Caroline was there uh, to attend and was one of our speakers as well, uh, uh, representing a really great initiative. Uh, um, as well as the company that she was working for back back then, but yeah, we had great speakers, really from a very diverse background. And I, I, you know, when I say diverse, I mean from where they came from, but also a mix, a really good mix of uh, male female as well. I think we pretty much had a fifty fifty male female split across our speakers, which was uh, which was definitely something that uh, the attendees noticed as well. Um, and yeah, just a, a, a real background covering everything from you know we had uh, we had big project leaders we had big nft twitter thought leaders there but we also had brands there talking about uh what they were doing and you know even one year ago it was pretty early days so it was it was a really good mix of those kind of elements that came in and uh, uh and really made up that event yeah great uh can i request patrick to please share in the chat your uh dates of your event and your website url please so our sure, audience can uh, you know participate uh, in your event uh, this year also edmund if you can put your url here and absolutely yeah all panelists please share your linkedin profiles our audience would love to connect with you and while you are doing that i'm going to go to caroline caroline uh wagmi guide you are at the heart and center of all events because i think you are building a destination guide for all events so uh talk to us about when you first got this idea for building the app, uh, what did it take to launch it? And what are the numbers in terms of demographics? Uh, you know, what is the breakup of, let's say, Metaverse, NFT, DAOs, tokenization? And finally, where do you see this whole Web3 industry going in terms of the traction that you're getting on your app? I've asked you a lot of questions, but feel free to answer briefly each one of them. Over to you, Caroline. Absolutely. So actually, just to follow up on what Edmund was saying, I have to just give a bit of a shout out to the team behind MedAms because till this day, it was my favorite event I ever attended in the Web3 space. And, you know, considering it was their first edition, I was extremely impressed, not only by, you know, the visual representation and the experiences they were actually created for all the attendees, you know, at, at the venue, which was really impressive but also just the communication with the team. Like I, I spent a lot of my time just, you know, contacting and, and strategizing with different organizers throughout the Web3 space. And one of the things that I remember the first time I actually spoke to Edmund was regarding the representation, I mean, uh, male and female representation of speakers that they had prepared for the event. And I was basically telling him, you know, it would be really great if you could guys make it 50-50 and if you need my help, let me try to push it through the communications for the female audience that you can essentially get more speakers. And Edmund literally just replied, let's do this. This is our goal. We need to make it 50-50 and it's extremely impressive that they really did. It doesn't really happen often, I have to say. So kudos for that. Yeah, cheers. And, cheers to you, Edmund. And regarding Wagmi Guide, well, you know, actually, Wagmi Guide as an idea came around the same time that MetAms was happening. I actually traveled straight to NFT NYC right after that. And me and my co-founder, we were just running around New York City trying to figure out where to go, which side events are where. And it was a bit of a, I would say, a chaos. So in the middle of the chaos, we said to each other, there must be a place or there must be a platform where we can actually see 
you know, all the VEP-related events or the emerging tech events and all the side events too, because I think the side events play such a big role, especially, you know, in the VEP-free industry because it's so community-driven. So back then we decided, okay, there is not a platform yet. We're going to build it. And we have built this, you know, in, I would say, the first beta version launched during Miami Art Basel, actually in December. And since then, we had a really big traction specifically in the European and the U.S. market. So that's where, you know, it really picked up fast. Um, I guess it's also because of the target. We really aimed, you know, uh, also with the launch events in these two main regions. And it's really, really impressive what we sort of learned throughout the journey up until this day. Because the app started sort of, you know, as a navigator, as a guide for anybody that is not yet in the industry to really figure out, okay, where is happening this event? Is there anything happening around me? Which are some of the speakers maybe I should follow to learn more information, etc. But now, since we've been working so closely with all the Web3 event organizers, we actually also saw the pain points that they are facing. And this is something we're trying to fix too by building Web3 you know, loyalty tools for their attendees. So that comes really part of, of the mission of what we're trying to create with Wagme Guide. Uh, so it's not only one-sided process. And there was many questions you asked me. So please, can you just, uh, can you just remind me, what was the following one? I, I also wanted to know in terms of uh, numbers, you know, the usage of your app, how many people have already downloaded it, for example, what is the growth rate and in which parts of the world are you getting more traction? I know you answered Europe and US, but how about Asia? Are they picking up? How about Middle East, for example? Mm -hmm. So very interesting. So since December, we have 13,000 users for the app, and that's mainly in Europe and US, like I already mentioned. And that's for the very reason, because strategically, we did not want to launch globally first because it, it was really important for us to get to know the audience, to really make sure that, you know, this is something they are looking for and that we really get to know the community inside out in all of the regions. But actually our plan is, you know, in the coming six months is to be bridging into Middle East, but also Asia, because there is a huge potential. And funnily enough, you just reminded me this. Yesterday I had a conversation with one of um, the pre-organizers for the event site in Japan. And they are really trying to build a strong community there and uh, very much discussing the collaboration aspects with different regions around the world, how they can bring, you know, the strong community aspect to their events too. So I am really, really excited about that. And I think uh, essentially now we're grasping more what Web3 is really all about. I think last year was more of a hype, uh, hype fest, I would call it. But now really we can see the technology behind it, you know, pasting its way into actual use cases that are really, you know, I would say have a social impact across, so. Great, and I'm sure you'll be considering to add some AI into your app to make it smarter than it already is. Um, yes, absolutely. Cool, uh, let's go to Melanie. Uh, Melanie, talk to me please a little bit about Superverse. Uh, you know, what it took to pull that off and what are future plans? I think you're on mute, Melanie. Sorry, yes. What it took to pull it off, uh, it took my health. <laughs> I have to say it was uh, uh, crunched uh, into six weeks of preparation. And uh, I think that's the total 
craziness that we pulled this off in six weeks. And um, I, I literally nearly died <laughs> in these six weeks. It was, uh, I, I thought it would be too easy because I did all these previous events in creator houses and also in bigger events situations with up to 2000 people in LA. And uh, then I thought, oh, I'm here in Dubai, you know, uh, I did all of these events before, it should be easy here. But it is different, yeah, when you're in a in a city where everything is new, also the network was newly built, and um, just things work differently here also in Dubai on the ground. And so I have a little bit under, well, a little bit, I have totally underestimated what it really takes, you know, to set something up like this in a legal way to uh, pull, I don't know, all these different sub uh, suppliers and everything what you need to pull together. Uh, thankfully, I have to say, I, I took with me uh, our executive producer also from uh, Los Angeles, which whom we did already the previous events there. And so he was kind of, you know, a safe uh, bank because he is a veteran in the events business. He has created Coachella events, uh, um, billboard awards, Uber um, and Twitter corporate conferences, etc. So, you know, hardcore event builder. And uh, he helped us really with high end execution. And this was very important for us because we decided to not have any startup or partner booth. Yeah. And this is, I think, the big differentiator where we are going. Uh, in, in the direction that we are going is creating immersive experience. So yes, we had metaverses, for example, as some of the Web3 projects that partnered with us, but we had, for example, a walk-in metaverse. We had a walk-in closet where you were able to try on digital fashion. And uh, we had also a gaming experience with Scorpion shares. And, and um, so we tried for every... Um, for every project and every partner to create very customized experiences. And again, and all of this in, in six weeks, so I kind of really underestimated it. What I had already, because I'm a founder in this space since six years, and I was myself a speaker at all sorts of con conferences across the globe. So I had already a good network into the founder scene and uh, to speakers and, and people that I, I don't know, I, I adore in this space and who are really trailblazers. And so we had a great uh, speaker lineup. That wasn't the big issue um, in this six weeks. And uh, our mix was also, uh, besides the immersive experiences, that we had a fashion show, a real fashion show with a digital fashion show. We had avatars, we had avatar panels and um, also music concert. We had invited Bia, a big music artist also from, from the US um, that joined us here and influencers that we were, that were flown in yeah, from LA, from Latin America, from Asia. And so it was a lot of logistics, you know, to bring all these people to Dubai. But thanks, you know, to, to these great partners, I was able to manage it. But still, I underestimated this, what it takes to set up something like this in, 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 a, yeah, in a city that I was also new, new yeah, for. Right. Thanks, Wally. Um, Caroline, there's a comment for you from the audience. Um, yeah, okay. So 
you know, for me, the uh, I don't like to talk ROI. I like to talk ROE, return on engagement. So for me, the big deal in attending these Web3 events is the networking. So I'm not necessarily going there all the way to listen to a few people, uh, you know, share their knowledge. Of course, that's important. But what I love the most is the uh, networking around these events, right? Like, let's take NFT London as an example. Five days, uh, listened to maybe 20 people, but met 100 good people. And I'm not even talking about the after parties, right? That's, that's another affair altogether. But I think the networking opportunities are tremendous in these events. And I want uh, Patrick and Edmund to highlight how you factor these networking opportunities, how you build in this component in your events, and uh, how do you see this growing uh, going forward? Patrick. Oh, okay, so um, it comes to my mind. <clears throat> we had a conversation a few months ago, you and I, and you mentioned uh, behind the computer, no business is done. You, you, you said it. Uh, I'm, I totally agree, and I think that's the that's like um, uh, one of our signatures at uh, at NFT Show Europe. We, uh, as I told you before, we really um, interview every single one of the stakeholders. Like, what what are you looking for? What uh, what would be your best client? Or uh, um, how do you see your next collaborator? Or how can you scale up your? What do you need to scale up your business? The questions like. We are like business facilitators, even though we are event organizers. So that is a that is something that is like an interview we do to every single one of them, and then you act a, a little bit as a wedding planner. So uh, you you really have to research about your your audience and and your sponsors and your speakers. You really have to know them and to know how the uh, how to how to help them so once we know that we've studied that and then we select we started planning like a wedding okay this guy should meet this one and these two on the networking vip lunch they should sit together so we work it in a very personal um, personal way so that that requires also that all of our team know who is coming and and well, it's this is a huge, a really huge uh, number of people working on that. So we we try try to make it as personal as possible in that way. And there's the whole team behind it. So that's hundreds and hundreds of people, and so it's a lot of time. It takes a lot of time. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point you made, Patrick. I think event organizers are like wedding planners. Uh, you have to know your audience really well. Only then you can uh, help them meet their KPIs. And uh, I remember distinctly, like in Valencia, I made maybe 10 uh, really good business contacts. Uh, some of them close and some of them are for future. But I think, yeah, uh, making those friends for life is possible in these events. So Edmund, uh, let me come to you on the networking aspect around your event. Yeah. So I guess we kind of have a bit of a a mismatch of audiences in that we have the b2b crowd obviously that these are maybe the more consultancy type people the the the, the brands the the, the c-suite kind of uh, attendees who are trying to up their knowledge and network and then we have more the general admission admission i think of people who are maybe uh, within the organization also curious but yeah of, of course it could be open to the general public as well but you said it and and, and rightly so networking if you're either one of those groups you you want to be able to co networking is connecting right it's about connecting with people it's about 
in the limited amount of time that you have at the event, finding those people, engaging in conversation with them, and then obviously, hopefully uh, getting something out of it. Um, so the approach we took uh, uh, last year was with those two ticket types for the, the more B2B track, we had facilitated dinners. So we had a an opening dinner where they would all come together. That'd be the first time they'd meet IRL. And then on each day, we'd have a separate networking event in a gallery or somewhere else around town to really give them yeah, a little bit of uh, space outside of the event to also, yeah, focus really on that networking aspect. So that was one strategy we had. And then the second strategy we had was um, using a uh, an AI networking app, Brella is its name. And um, uh, we, we implemented that as a free-to-use platform for anyone at our event. You could effectively just sign up your profile. You would input your interests, your background, all the things that you would expect from someone's profile. And prior to the event, the app would already suggest you people who you should meet with. So, hey, this person's looking for that, or hey, you're from the same industry, et cetera, et cetera. And you could start to schedule those meetings for the event itself. So what happened was, uh, you know, I've been to events where there's a lot of people and networking is facilitated and you end up tapping on each other's shoulders and going, hey, who are you? But, but really, if you look at it critically, a lot of wasted time you know, you, you quite quickly or don't quickly, un, uh, uh, you know, find out that someone maybe isn't the most relevant person to be speaking to as nice as they are. Um, but the, Brella took away all of that. And it just basically said, look, based on your interests, based on your background, you should speak to these people. And we had, yeah, it was a phenomenal success. We had people reporting on that uh, uh, to us after the event and really, yeah, mentioning how much of a difference that made. And we in the back end uh, could see how many meetings some people had scheduled and some people had scheduled up to, you know, 40 to 60 meetings in the in the two days that they were there so it was it was good to see so that's um yeah that's kind of how we tackled that now great uh caroline uh you're a serial networker i think you know almost everybody in the web3 space every time i'm on linkedin you are in different parts of the world talk to us about one uh is your app uh, going to be uh, operating in a way that event organizers can white label it and you know, start using your app for their events? Is that something you're looking at? And how do you facilitate networking to happen in your app? Mm. So at the moment, we're not uh, uh, planning to make it white label solution. But on the other hand, we are actually currently building an enabler that will be able to connect already to existing platforms. Let's just say you're organizing an event through Stripe or through Eventbrite, we can actually just link it and hook about as an add-on so that's that's where we really targeting because uh, i think what we also have learned over the past you know few months is that every single event organizer is different uh, using different systems and uh, making sure that we can use these across i think that was sort of our our biggest um our biggest mission to do and in terms of networking, uh, no. So we know we're not an app to facilitate networking. Uh, like I just, Edmund mentioned, that's more of a, a umbrella a target group, I would say. And by the way, that's a great app. Uh, for us, it's more important to really leverage that pre-tag during these events. So let's just give an example. If you're not yet using NFT ticketing and you don't really have the know-how or maybe perhaps the biggest budget to go to a company to create this for you we actually want to enable to just create like a digital twin of a ticket that will enable you to interact with all your attendees whether that's irl or online you will be able to for example 
create different utility aspects for your attendees, uh, collect digital merchandise, uh, making sure that you can, for example, already group them and create a metaverse environment for them to network prior to your event, etc. So this is sort of what we're really playing around with and how that can be really leveraged for the events industry. All right, got that. Uh, Patrick, there's a question for you from Annalisa in the chat. You might want to handle that. Uh, okay, let's go to Melanie. Melanie, you are speaking at so many events almost every week, right? So I want to ask you, uh, as a speaker, how do you decide which event are you going to take on? And, you know, when are you ready to fly for any event? What's the ROI on these events? Because for me to go to, let's say, NFT NY, I have to fly 14 hours each way. And I'm probably on a panel just for 30 minutes. So I don't see any ROI in that kind of uh, stuff. So I want to ask you, how do you decide where you're going to show up? Um, I mean, I have to say that I felt, okay, things um, from, from, you know, I, I reduced my traveling, you know, in the last uh, one and a half years. Uh, my the, the heavy years for me uh, participating at all these conferences were really in my early you know days of, of Web3 from 16 on, 17, 18, 19, uh, till basically you know the start of the global health crisis and when then everything stopped. And so then uh, the one year that I had in LA was mainly creating our own events. So I was really very focused on that. And then I came here to Dubai and um, worked on Superverse. And since then I traveled less. I was mainly here in the region, in, in the UAE or in the Middle East. Um, and I have to say now I'm, I'm getting a little bit more selective. You're, you're right, yeah, over, over time. And um, there are a few conferences where I'm always, you know, where I'm always trying to attend, for example, the Korea Blockchain Week. Um, just because this is such an amazing ecosystem. And really, I would say everyone, you know, the top people in the industry from all over, I mean, they're coming from all over, but especially, you know, also the Asian uh, founders and, and investors, they are all going to the Korea Blockchain Week because it's such a high level of content and, and just, you know, networking events over the whole week that makes it very valuable to really attend and, and be there. And else, I mean, what is interesting is here, Dubai has also evolved, you know, in the, in the last uh, couple of years. It's, in, it's an explosion of the ecosystem here that we have seen, I would say, in the last two years. Um, and where um, I'm also part of Crypto Oasis, which is one of the ecosystem builders here. And I know due to our last report, uh, there was an onboarding of 1,600 companies here in the region. And this is uh, truly impressive. I would say here the region and Dubai is really currently one of the hotspots in, in the Web3 space. And so that made it so much easier, you know, for me having basically the events here in front of the door. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think, Caroline, you need to take a note. Dubai is the next big hotspot for Web3. Uh, so you just have to be here, can't give it a mess. And you know who to contact when you come to Dubai. All right. Yes. So um, one more thing I want to talk about is promoting your events. All right. So let's go back to Patrick. Patrick, talk to us about 
I know you can't disclose what's your marketing spend, but at least talk to us what channels you use. Is it social media? Is it direct marketing? Is it your website promotion? How do you make sure you get maximum audience in the rooms, in real life, in your events? Um, okay, so <clears throat> in our case, at the NFT Show Europe, we have like um, two uh, two different audiences that meet at uh, at one point. So one is the the B two B part, and the other one is the NFT show. No? Let's say like the art exhibition. So we're bringing like uh, the the best uh, artists from the Tezos and Ethereum blockchain mostly. So th those are two different audiences. So in our case, LinkedIn is the, the number one social media for the business part of the event. And Twitter is the number one for the artistic uh, part of, of the event. And it works really like that, like no campaign on, well, the difference in, in the results on the campaigns on Twitter for business and, uh, and comparing those two, this, the, the numbers like really show how how uh, different uh, it is. And, like the people we find on Twitter, it's not the same um, on LinkedIn. So more, they, these are the, the main social media. We do have an Instagram profile, but that's, uh, that's not something we're looking into. This is actually, this is interesting to mention that actually it's the Spanish community in the, in the Web3 and NFT space are way more active on Instagram than on Twitter, but that only happens in Spain. It doesn't apply to, to any other part of, of the world. So, um, so yeah, so mainly the social media is uh, Twitter and LinkedIn. We have the YouTube channel, but the YouTube channel is just like a backup because nowadays you know that it's way better to upload the videos directly on the platform. So uh, it's, it's like a backup plan. And then we have a really broad network of, uh, of media partners. So uh, it, um, we, uh, we have a communications agency that is, uh, that is coordinating the national media, like the TVs and the press and stuff like that. So that is one part that is like the traditional media, but then on the other part, the online media partners, we have like, a, like there's more than 150 of them that we're in touch every single week, uh, sharing content. We receive content from them, they receive content from us. So it's a win-win situation most of the times. And, uh, and, and yeah, and that's it. And then also, uh, of course, a very, a very uh, successful marketing tool is the, is the mailing, the most uh, common newsletter. That always works. That is something that people still like to, uh, to read, to see. And, and actually, in the NFT show, the, the, uh, the opening rates we're having, that is, that is working re really well. So I would recommend you totally using that if you're organizing an event as well. So I would say LinkedIn for the business, Twitter for the uh, for the masses, and uh, and then one of the most uh, successful tools is the email link and the videos. The videos are also a very nice way of saying a lot of things in a very short amount of time. Thanks, thanks, Patrick. Uh, Caroline, there's a question from Warren Parker about uh, POAPs. Can you please? handle that one. And Edmund, uh, is there a role for influencers or brand ambassadors in promoting your events? I think so. Um, I think it's about just getting the right ones involved and at the right point in time. I think, uh, you know, Patrick is already talking about the different media channels and you can definitely you can definitely uh, extend that to influencers as well uh, if you want. And I think uh, for us, a lot of the people we were trying to reach were from the creative scene, from the creative communities. And there's a 
obviously a huge role for influencers and, and, and artists and designers and musicians, et cetera, it, within that space. Um, I guess then it's about working out how you collaborate with, uh, with influencers. You know, what is, the, what is the tonality? What are they conveying? How are they speaking to their audiences and conveying your message and your, your kind of ethos as a, as a, as a brand? Um, uh, we don't do that in the sense that we don't, we don't do paid influencer marketing. What we do, do is we you know, treat our speakers as well as influencers as well, right? So a lot of the people who are, who are speaking in our events, they're prominent names, prominent figures. And um, yeah, we try and give them as much resources as they can to, to provide their audiences as well with new information, new discounts for tickets, et cetera, et cetera. So really trying to pass that value on to their audiences as well and, and, and rather do it that way uh, as opposed to um, uh, as opposed to really the the kind of pay pay for play, um, and then on the brand ambassador side, so the way we we did that in year one is we built a, let's say a strategic council around us of people who had varying superpowers, let's call them. So whether it was from new business or uh, you know just knowledge about the Web three space or connections in other parts of the world so that we didn't have them, we built those people to create and provide us with those insights to be able to form a more holistic view of what was happening out there. And that really helped us shape a lot of our communication strategy as well, and also work out who we needed to talk to um, uh, and, and also bringing in those names uh, uh, as well. So yeah, in that sense, there is a role for both. I think you just have to be about strategic about how you, uh, how you go about things. All right, so now is the time for a pop quiz. Uh, I'm gonna ask my panelists, <laughs> what's, the, what's the next big event you are looking forward to attending this year in the Web3 space? Let's go to Caroline. I am actually really looking forward to the NFC Summit in Lisbon. I haven't been yet, so this is definitely one I'm excited to attend. All right, Patrick, other than your show, which other event you are looking to attend? Uh, well, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, NFT New York City right now, next uh, next week's in New York. Right. Great, Edmund. It's a long way away. In fact, I think it's even after our event, but um, Art Basel this year. It's one that I've been meaning to go through to for a long time, and for some reason, it never happens. So it's 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 at the top of my list this year. So um, yeah, okay. cool, Melanie. Well, for me, it's really the. Um, upcoming Korea blockchain week as I already mentioned it's it's for me definitely the must must go event um, and yeah I mean I if, if are we already running out of time or um, no, because actually to the I would like to add something if that's okay to the marketing approach because um, that is in our case um, a little bit different I, I assume just because we are more uh, Web3 confrontainment format for the Web2 space. Basically, we are trying to bring uh, creators from that are so far a little bit more in the Web2 space, not crypto or Web3 savvy creators, but really lifestyle influencers and creators and music artists and more this creative scene uh, to our events. We had uh, around 2,800 people at our event. And what was one of the drivers, besides also having amazing media partners, was actually that we were bringing these influencers to, to the event. And that was our basically also biggest investment, right? To bring everyone in from LA, from Latin America and from Asia. And obviously we did not ask them to pay their tickets or, or hotels or something like this. Yeah, so that was a huge investment. But for example, we had one creator, um, Kimo Kasi, 
He is also, uh, he's from LA, but he's very well known also here in the region. And because he has also Arab uh, roots and um, he was doing a post with his, uh, with his mom on TikTok. And that alone had 7 million uh, views. And uh, that was uh, basically driving also a lot of interest towards our platform. But also the other influencers, everyone has uh, overall, I think, 350 million reach that, you know, the influencers that came over to visit us and to experience these metaverses and social use cases. And this is our purpose. We want to bring faster mass adoption and awareness to the Web3 space. And we believe that can be done by including Web2 creators that are not yet Web3 savvy, but that have an interest and that want to explore these new opportunities uh, for them as a creator and as an artist and as an entrepreneur in this space. Great. Uh, we are just four minutes from closing time. So I'm going to give, uh, you know, final thoughts to each one of you in one minute. Share anything you want to with our audience. It could be uh, your insights in your events uh, management life. It could be attending an event, some fun thing that happened. It could be an after party event. It's totally up to you. Uh, so whoever is ready can raise your hand first. I'll give each one of you one minute exactly, and then we'll close on the hour. Who wants to go first on this one? Who's who's ready? Okay, why don't I go first? So for me, a very interesting uh, uh, moment happened last week when I was speaking at a conference in Dubai organized by a German company. It was a gated, uh, you know, audience uh, of 100 plus people. And when you walk up to the stage, everybody in the audience stands and gives you an applause. And when you finish, everybody stands up and gives you an applause. That ovation is, is worth a lot. And I cherish those memories. So for me, uh, that was unique. And I was later told it's the German way of welcoming people to the state. So I love that. And I wanted to give the organizers, uh, Dirk Kuter, uh, a shout out for that one. Okay, uh, Melanie, very quickly, you want to share something in one yeah. minute uh, with our audience? Yes. Uh, my, my latest amazing experience was my first trip to Saudi. Um, and I was invited to speak at Web3 Delight. And um, it was not a huge summit. I think a 200 people or something were coming there because it was also, I think, one of the first Web3 summits in uh, the kingdom of Saudi. Um, and it was in Riyadh. And I have to say this community there of founders and also how diverse, you know, the audience and the community was. Yeah, it was completely, uh, you know, 50-50, basically men and women. And um, yeah, just amazing, bright minds and very interesting investor scene. So I also had to learn that, um, I mean, Saudi is the sleeping giant, yeah, where now uh, a lot of very interested Web3 investors are basically coming up slowly. and. I, I, I heard from a bunch of uh, founders from the Web3 space, Saudi founders, but also founders here out of the region, 
that the Saudi investors are real venture investors. They are going in with risk. And what is also interesting, they are going in in groups and together, and they are sharing deals together. And so uh, that's a very interesting scene. I can just deeply recommend for every founder to look into this and to go to Saudi and experience also amazing hospitality. All the people are incredibly nice and welcoming and happy, you know, for every visitor that is coming. So it's really worth going. Yeah, thanks for that shout out. And Melanie, let's go to Riyadh together. I'm, I'm in. Yes. yes. Okay, uh, do any of the other panelists need a minute because we are almost time now. Uh, raise your hand if you want to come in. Um, Caroline, anything you want to share? Last 30 seconds. Absolutely. So I think maybe just for the last take, what I usually enjoy the most around events is almost like the smaller intimate dinners that are also happening in the after hours. And that's just for the reason because I love to meet people really one-on-one -on -one and have like in-depth conversations. I'm more of a, of a fan of actually getting to know the person than just uh, doing sort of like a pitching contest. So I really enjoy these moments and I always appreciate if the organizers are paying attention to that as well. And it, it makes just such a big difference for me as an attendee. Uh, so I would definitely recommend if you're planning to, you know, host a big event in that free space, definitely pay attention to that detail because it makes so much difference. Yeah. And Caroline, the event you hosted in Hakkasan in the, during NFT London was one of the best. So well Thank done. you. <laughs> Edmund, Patrick, 30 seconds each, please. Well, okay. I can see the, I, I can see the nears in the chat. Sorry, I, sorry, Patrick, go ahead if you want. It, it's okay. I just wanted to, to say that uh, whether we're always repeating the, the word community here and there, we're hearing it so much. Like it's every single day I hear like 200 times, but it's actually the truth. Like the people are working in this space. The people usually they are like super hype about their project. And even though they are super experienced in the industry, they are still uh, hyped as, they, as if we were a child. So that is really nice. Like the positive vibes we get in, in this industry that that is gold. It's fun to work uh, in in yeah, in this space. Absolutely, I I second that. The best thing about Web three are the people. Uh, Edmund, your thirty seconds. I was going to say, uh, you know, a shout out to Nir, who's who's actually in the chat. I saw him there. He he organizes Creator Nations. They happen often parallel to the uh, the bigger conferences, and I think the the yeah, there we go. He's coming to Met Arms. That's great. Um, but it's 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 a really it's a great moment for people to outside of the conference itself to really connect on a more deeper level. You know, it's a little less intense. It's smaller groups, and uh, Nia's done a really great job of building that out. And um, uh, yeah, hats off to you and anyone who uh, has the pleasure of of attending a Creator Nations. And uh, yeah, definitely check them out. Great. I definitely stand friend. behind that as well. There you go. Nia's a good friend to all of us. All right, so uh, there we have it, 60 minutes, amazing conversations. Thank you panelists, uh, you know, for your insights. And uh, just for our audience on a housekeeping note, uh, there will be a recording and a podcast of this show available tomorrow on our website, onlywebinars.com. Also do register for our next webinar, which is Artificial Intelligence and Web3. Is that a perfect match? We'll be discussing with five global panelists from five continents on 25th April at 5 p.m. So register now at onlywebinars.com. So thank you, audience, for your 60 minutes. Uh, we will remember those. And my panelists, my lovely panelists, love you all. Thank you for being <laughs> here. See you all the other time.
Thank, thank you so much. Thanks. All the great thank panel. You. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.